0: Hi, everyone. My name is Ari A. Bresher. I'm a senior loan officer at FM Home Loans. We're a direct lender for residential mortgages. Uh, we dabble in commercial as well. And today I want to, dis- to discuss some new programs that we have that will help a lot of people who have been declined for a mortgage and have had trouble qualifying for a mortgage qualify based off these new programs. So Just a little background, Uh, on a conventional mortgage, when you apply for a mortgage, there are three aspects to getting approved. There's the CIA, credit, income, and assets. So you need good credit, meaning your credit score has to be good. Uh, Above a 620 on a conventional loan is considered good. Now, the higher your credit score is, the better your rate. Then there's assets. You have to have enough money for the down payment, whatever you're putting down. Plus closing costs, and sometimes in specific cases, they'll want to see that you have money left over as reserves. The third aspect, and this is the one we're going to discuss today, is called income. You have to make double your monthly debt. Now, your monthly debt includes your mortgage payment, taxes, insurance, any car loans, leases, minimum payments on credit cards, Um, if you're, you know, somebody's divorced, any alimony child support irs bills um so let's say you're making ten thousand dollars a month you can qualify for up to five thousand dollars worth of debt now how do we how do we calculate what your income is so on a conventional loan uh, if you're a w-2 employee you work for somebody um, and you get a base pay we can use that Um, now if you're self-employed it gets a little trickier because being a self-employed person you have the power to write off expenses from your gross number, which a W 2 employee does not have. So many people, they make $100,000, but they write off uh, imaginary expenses of $50,000 and they're left with $50,000 worth of taxable income. And that's great. You obviously pay less taxes because you're making fifty dollars as opposed to $100,000. But a mortgage bank will only use $50,000 as income. So now instead of having $100,000, the bank will only count $50,000, which means you could qualify for much less. And for many self-employed borrowers, this has been a big issue, especially since in most cases, and not all, you need a two-year history. So if you've been, you know, even if you have one good year, but if we average out your income, um, it won't won't let you qualify for a mortgage. So we came out with several new programs that can really help self-employed borrowers qualify for a mortgage. So the first one which um, is extremely beneficial, is called the 1099 program. So if you're self-employed, for example, you're a real estate agent or salesperson, and you receive a 1099 from a company, which means um, you don't necessarily have your own corporation, but you're self-employed, and you've been self-employed for two years, that you have to be self-employed for two years, we can use 90% of the gross of your 1099. So all you'd have to give us is your 1099 form, we wouldn't even need tax returns and we wouldn't care how much you wrote off. We would be able to use 90% of your 1099, which means if you were making $100,000, you wrote off $50,000. We could use 90% of the 100000 which is $90,000, which helps you qualify for a much larger mortgage. And most people do write off more than 10% of their 1099, much more than 10%. So this will help you qualify. Uh, at a much higher loan amount and is extremely beneficial. Now, the rates are slightly higher than regular conventional rates, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, but again, it's a, and again, they're really, really competitive and really good. So it's not like uh, you know, you're know you getting in the sevens or anything like that. Obviously, it depends on your credit score and a lot of different factors. But again, it's, it's a way to get a mortgage and they're really, really good rates for what they are. And it's extremely simple to qualify for the mortgage. Now, there are obviously uh, overlays, and every case is specific, which you, know, you have to reach out and discuss your scenario. Now, and in addition, I believe there is up to 90% financing on the primary residence. Another program that we have is for um, you know, individuals who are self-employed. Um, let's say they bring in cash or um, you know they just deposit a lot of money into their accounts. But again, on their tax returns, they don't show a large net taxable income. So if you've been self-employed for over two years, all programs need two years, you can show us 12 months of your bank statements or 24 months of your bank statements and we'll use all the deposits in your bank statements. We'll add that up and we'll use a portion of that as your income. So you wouldn't need to supply us with tax returns. So for example, um, I had a borrower who was in the catering business and he was a 50% owner of the business. On his tax returns he actually showed a loss because he had previous losses, he wrote off a lot of expenses, but he sent me his bank statements and after, you know, deducting all the transfers because we obviously cannot count transfers, he had over $3 million worth of deposits. And there are various ways on various, you know, scenarios what we could use. The easiest way is we'll use 50% of the deposits, so we use 50% of the deposits. And we only use 50% of that because he was a 50% owner, and he easily qualified for a mortgage. Another way you could do is, let's say you're a real estate agent or 1099 employee, um, and or any other employee, and you know you get you can get a letter from your accountant stating his approximate expenses, real expenses, are 10% of the deposits, and then we would be able to use 90%. It obviously has to make sense. So if you're a jeweler, a jeweler, um, you can't say that only 10% of your Deposits are expenses because usually it costs a lot to sell. Um, You know, that being said, the market is really, really shifting towards not no-doc loans, but helping people qualify for mortgages, people who really should qualify because, again, you have the deposits coming into your account, but who weren't able to qualify. So if you've been denied for a mortgage, you should definitely reach out and reconsider. Another great program that we have for investors is the debt service program, which means as long as the property, the rent on the property is equal to or greater than the mortgage payment, taxes, and insurance on the property, we would be able to um, get you a mortgage. So we wouldn't need your tax returns. We wouldn't need W-2s. We wouldn't need pay stubs. We just look at the property. If the deal makes sense, we'll do it. If anybody has any questions at all, you could feel free to reach out to your loan officer. Again, this is REA A. Brasher from FM Loans. While we're on the topic of qualifying for a mortgage, uh, I just wanted to discuss a few important things that everyone should be aware of um, now that we're heading into, you know, a new tax year, a new tax season. So it's extremely important to be ready, especially for your self-employed borrowers, to file your tax returns, um, you know, as quickly as possible. Now, you can go on extension to as late as October, um, but... You, If you need your tax returns for the year of 2019, you want to make sure all your expenses and everything are in order, and you're ready to file as early as possible. Because what happens is is that the IRS gets backed up, and the earlier you file, the less people are filing, and your tax return will get filed quicker by the IRS. So it's extremely important to have all your uh, ducks in a row, make sure your expenses, your income, everything is you know, in line with what you discuss with your mortgage banker. And I would uh, venture to say that it's probably worth it to even send your mortgage broker a draft of your tax return to review to make sure that you qualify uh, and just to look it over. And, you know, it's extremely important to be organized this time of year. You wanna make sure that, uh, you know, again, you're qualifying for a mortgage. Um, you know, we're heading into a, uh, a spring market, although we're just starting winter. And the spring market is really when the market heats up and people start going out in droves to buy a house. So what that means for buyers is that there's going to be more competition. There's going to be a lot more buyers going out when the trees start blossoming and the weather's nice. And there's going to be a lot more competition for, you know, putting in an offer on a house. And what that means is that you, as a buyer, have to be prepared and fully prepared to get the ball rolling as soon as your offer is accepted, which means that when a seller looks at two offers they're the same amount of money, one's 550, the other one's 550. One of them has been pre-approved already by a mortgage banker, one of them hasn't been pre-approved by a mortgage banker. Which one do you think they'll choose? And the answer is obvious. And to be honest, even if the other person who hasn't been pre-approved offers ten thousand dollars more. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the seller will take it because they want to make sure that they can close. All a seller cares about is the bottom line closing. If I offer a million dollars on a house, but I won't close because I can't get the mortgage, the seller is going to walk away with nothing. So they, again, want to make sure that you can close. And the way to do that is um, by, by, you know, getting pre-approved correctly. Now, okay. Uh, For some people, it takes a while to get pre approved. They might have to, you know, switch some stuff up, work on credit. It takes a few months for many. And for those who, you know, can get pre approved instantaneously, great. It doesn't hurt, right? But if you have something on your credit, you need to work on your credit. If you find that out now, you have time to the spring market. You have a few months to work on your credit score. Um, You know, again, I had a scenario where um, a client in Brooklyn actually called me. We were discussing several scenarios about different houses. And I was like, you know, it's really time to get pre-approved. And he kept saying, no, you know, I don't want to run my credit. This guy said it hurts my credit. This guy said, you know, this, that. I'm not interested in dealing with it. And at the end of the day, there's only so much that I can twist arms. And he goes into an offer. He puts an offer on the table. And the realtor calls me up, says, great realtor calls me up, says, hey, you know, is this guy pre-approved? And I said, no. I mean, we had conversations based off what he said. It sounds great. He told me his credit, credit score is 780. His income was amazing. He was a W-2 employee. Everything sounded fantastic, putting down 20%. And I called up the client and I'm like, listen, your realtor doesn't want to move forward without a pre-approval. Um, you know, again, pre-approval, credit, income, and assets. We need all of that. So he sent me his income. He sent me his bank statements and everything looked great. And I said, we still need to run credit. And he said, okay, fine, let's run credit. I ran credit and his credit score was below a 660 because he had a few medical collections that he was not aware of on his credit report. And they were really small collection accounts, $300 collection accounts, $150 collection accounts. It was from a previous address that he was at when he went to this doctor. They sent the bills there and he never got it. So he, his credit score was horrible which meant that his rate was terrible. Um, (laughs) He started working on getting it off, but it was too late before closing to actually get the credit score up. Now, it turned out that the, the closing was delayed and he was able to get the credit score up, but if the seller would not have agreed to wait an extra month, that would have cost him tens of thousands of dollars over the life of the loan. So it's extremely important to run a full, 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 pre-approval, which means actually send in your documentation, actually send in your bank statements, actually have your mortgage banker run your credit report, because it can save you a ton of money. There is this fear in the world about getting pre-approved for some reason. It really should take a few minutes. Um, And the fear is really, it's unfounded. It's not like you're applying for a credit card where you click the button and it says accepted or denied. This is a conversation with a loan officer and you're sending in some documentation. It doesn't hurt your credit. Again, running credit, on average, it does bring your score down. <laughs> but if you're not running your credit too often, it doesn't make a really material effect on your credit score. It's worse if you don't run it and you have something there that you don't know about. And you know, the number one thing I have, the number one resistance is, oh well, Credit Karma said this, My my. My bank has a credit report score in there and it says I have an 800. Those credit scores are what's called soft pulls, which means it's not actually a pull of your credit. It gets basic information from your credit report and it updates it through that. And they're extremely inaccurate. Um, you know, many times it doesn't pick up collections, it doesn't pick up judgments, which again, even somebody who's on top of their bills could miss one or two bills in the mail from a doctor. So Again, it's extremely worth it to have a solid pre-approval heading into the spring market. I hope everybody is, uh, you know, pre-approved and everything goes well for everybody. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to Sinai Radio uh, with uh, Karen Bafara, the Bafar Team's podcast. My name is Ari Bresher from FM Home Loans. I'm a senior loan officer. It was a pleasure.